Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Man, this week has been very intense on the emotional side, just, you know, observing my kids and making sure that the conversations we've been having over the past few weeks um, haven't affected them in an unhealthy way. Just making sure that I leave the line of communication open with them if they want to talk about, you know, the things that they truly feel and the things that were expressed in the conversations that we've been having. Uh, Work has been kind of smooth, per se, um, as a result to my stress level and anxiety. A lot of changes, you know, constantly happen. But what what the difference is with my current leadership than my leadership before is they are open to answer questions about it. You know, and if they don't know, they're very honest in saying that they don't know why the change is happening or if they do know, um, they let us know. And so I'm very comfortable with that. And it helps me tremendously dealing with change. I told you guys before that uh, constant change affects my anxiety to a very high level, especially when there's no instructions. It's just, it's just do it. Um, luckily, um, I have a brother who has taught me not to panic. And by not panicking, I just mean not having an outburst or, or not getting out of character in the midst of change, more so using that energy to ask the questions or try to figure out, you know, what's going on to attempt to calm myself and refocus, you know, that energy on getting the task done. These particular people, they're very um, open to answering questions, no matter how many questions that I have uh, to get the answers I need. Um, A lot of times people go into situations assuming you know how to do something because you've been doing it for a long time. The problem with that is even though I've been doing something for a long time. When you are giving me work or you are giving me a project, there is a way you see it being done. And I have to know how you see it being done so I could let you know if I'm capable of doing it in that way. So I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from in just life in general is um, just trying to do the right thing, how people want it to be done, more than doing it how I feel like I know it should be done, if that makes sense. So with that, you know, I'm, I'm appreciative of my current leadership at work. Um, it's, it's taken some stress down so far. Fingers crossed that uh, we'll be able to maintain this consistency throughout my tenure at this place. Um, my goal is still to make the podcast go on a, on a, on a more global level, um, get the apparel out there and notice um, to an extent because it's something tangible with my whole um, mental health awareness movement. Um, eventually, I'm going to get back to the poetry, and I'm hoping that these things that I'm trying to put out in the world, these pieces of help and, and these beacons of awareness and light, uh, something picks up soon enough, and I'll be able to do all of this full time. 
um, that's the that's the goal. But until then, I'm grateful for the leadership that I have at work right now, and hopefully, like I said, it maintains. Um, having that reduction in stress, like I said, it helped me focus on the kids this week because the last month or so, the conversations have been extremely intense. Extremely. And because I've experienced with what they are experiencing as a child, and now I am the parent looking at a child who is experiencing, you know, some of my traumas and, and tribulations, it's difficult, right? Because one thing about me is I don't want to put my feelings on them. And we've had detailed conversations before, but more recently we've like really delved, uh, took a deep dive into everything, right? And like I said, they've been going through these emotions about their mother and what they feel and, you know, do they want to deal with her in this way and that way? And I've been allowing them to have those emotions in. Um, but I had to tell them because they, they put me on a pedestal and I constantly kick myself off because I want them to go through life with even footing. I want them to understand that everybody is human, uh, everybody has flaws. And so um, over the past few weeks, I'm listening to them and, I'm, and, and them, the stuff that they were saying, I had, they had never said before. I've asked them time and time again, how do you feel, you know, what's going on? How could I be a better parent? Like time and time again, I've asked them certain things like that. And it's always, oh no, it's cool, it's this, it's that, right? And I'm like, I can't force you to tell me how you feel. And over the past uh, couple weeks, things have been getting very intense with them dealing with their mother. And so as they're going on and they're like, I'm, I'm listening to them have this conversation and they're like, you know, you, it's whatever, you come and go all the time. Um, we used to it. And you say this and you say that and you, you try to act like that, but you didn't put in the work to have that respect. Like, I mean, going in and I'm just listening. I'm just listening. But as they're talking, I'm seeing their hurt. I'm seeing their pain. I'm seeing their anger. And in my mind, I'm wondering why, why is this the first time I'm hearing it? And why is the first time I'm hearing it when y'all mad at something? I ask y'all all the time. I get it. I know your your anger or your hurt or whatever it is is, is towards her. But if I'm asking, like I can't advocate for you, I can't help you you wrap the thoughts correctly. I can't help you articulate if this whole time I'm thinking you chilling, you you mad, but it's like all right, man, whatever. You got a whole detailed essay in there, what you feel about your mother. But as I'm listening, it started to bother me more and it started to affect my week because they don't realize as much as the anger should be pointed towards her for doing, it should be anger pointed towards me for allowing Right? Yeah, 
she talked to them how she talks to them. She do whatever she do and stuff like that. But to an extent, I watched her. And I, too, thought that she would change. And I, too, thought that, uh, I guess this is how life goes. But I'm, I'm talking from trauma. I'm talking from a space of going through it with my own mother. Because we all hope that things will change. We all hope that we will be seen like humans and accepted and loved and respected, boundaries and appreciated and stuff like that. We all expect that. But if I don't know what you're feeling, I can't help. And so they're going on and on. This has been going on for like two or three weeks. And it's been bothering me. But this last time they had a conversation, after they was finished, I was, you know, I listened, I let them do whatever, everything calmed down. And then I said, I want y'all to understand something. As much as y'all dislike her, as much as y'all feel how y'all feel, I said, you subconsciously and rightfully so put me in the same boat as her. And they're like, nah, because, you know, I'm like, hold on, listen, because I'm, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I do not want to be on a pedestal with my kids. I want them to love me, appreciate me, all of that. But I want it to be fair. I always talk about accountability, and I have to hold my own accountability. One thing that stuck out to me is when they kept saying, like, well, you know, you come and you go and, you know, you move across country, come back, go back. Uh, we used to it. And what that said to me is, nah, dad, you let her. See, they thinking they're getting on her case. They think they're expressing their feelings to her. But because I know my kids, I'm like, oh, shit, they don't even see it. And I'm not in the business of making enough. I'm, I'm not in the business of trying to make her look bad. That's not important to me at all. I am not in the business of painting a picture of her to them. I'm not in that business. It's, it's up to them. But what we're not going to do is act like I have no fault. Because then you're going you're gonna to grow up and you're not going to be able to accept your fault in things. You're not going to be capable of understanding that you allowing it is equal to someone doing it. Because once it's recognized to a certain extent, it's up to someone to be like, hey, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that to them. But if I'm, if I'm in my own trauma, how am I going to know how, how I'm, what I'm going to fight for? Am I truly able to protect if I'm not protecting myself? If I'm scared to tell myself what's going on with me, if I'm scared to be like, yo, I got to isolate and I got to go no contact with, with everybody right now so I can see. I'm telling you right now, isolation and no contact is not for everybody. It's not because that first few months, the guilt of you being apart, it hits you. But for the greater good, you got to be strong and you got to be able to stand because you got to figure some stuff out. You got to. And so I'm letting them know, like, get me off the pedestal. Yeah, she left. She came back. She left. She came back. She left. Yeah, I let her around you. I did. I thought it, I, I thought it was for the best of you, uh, for the best for you, but you guys never said nothing. 
my insecurities of everybody need their mama. The world is going to be like, oh, look at him. He kept his kids away from their mama. Not, oh, look at him. He holding it down for his kids. And so I caved each time. But every time I asked you, you nah, it's cool. It's this, da, 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 da. And I didn't stand up for you. So when you tell in the story of everything that she did or everything you feel that she did, make sure you include the part that I allow. Tell the full story. Because I'm not in the business of bashing her. I'm not in the business of even bashing myself. What I am in the business of is making sure you don't go down the road of struggle because people denied you freedom in your trauma. People downplayed what you felt because they didn't want to hear it. They, were, they, they, they wanted to have their own way more than they wanted to make sure that you were good. I don't want to be that. Hate us both. Love us both. But it's your choice. Even though I, I, I can't be a, a force field to block, like, like, we all done it. Anybody who was a, a single parent, we all, we all did it thinking we was doing the right thing. We all have put tunnel vision on our kids from the other parent and only allowed them to see the good part, no matter how bad it was. It's birthday excuses, holiday excuses, uh, uh, missing events excuses. All, we've all done it. And then we realize, for what? For what? I think three weeks I told you guys, three weeks ago I told you guys how they were getting, like, they were getting attitudes with me. And I'm like, the hell is going on here? Why am I? Why am I getting? Why am I getting the attitude? But it it it. This is how it translates in parenting, friendship, relationships, even at work. If you are the person that has, or when you are the ear of the angry person, of the hurt person, um. What happens is you get the brunt of it. And a lot of times we have zero clue of what we are the brunt of, what's going on. We're just like, oh, okay. And we just take it. Fast forward a few weeks later and I hear them have a conversation and they, you know, I'm like, whoa, we're like, I'm surprised. And so as I'm telling them, you know, no, 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 no. Feel how you feel. But what do you feel about me? Nah, nah, nah. You, you, you do this, that, you do that. No, 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 no. Say what you just said again. And now say what you just said with the idea that I'm standing with you and I saw the whole thing. And they like, oh man. I said, so get me off the pedestal. And see, their thing is, dad, why you do that? Because to them, I'm stepping in the way of the, the fierceness and the force of their anger towards her, when in actuality, I'm like, no, that's nothing to do with her. I don't care about right now. 
I care about when you are no longer in this house and you live in your own life and you are faced with challenges to be accountable or not. Are you going to be a coward and stay in hiding? Or are you going to express, you know what? I allow that thing. I should have said something. I should have done something. I don't want you to put me on a pedestal. I don't want you to think more highly of me than I am. I want you to, to love me with the correct level of love. I want you to honor me with the correct level of honor because I'm going to do the same as a human being. And so they bugged out, like, why you, why you always do that? Now, to an extent, I feel like I'm right in doing that, right? I'm right. As a, as a father, I'm right in allowing them to see both sides, to understand both sides. But as a person who was going through trauma, this is something that I do in every situation, relationship, friendship, work, whatever. I feel like because I'm, uh, I, I've been so sickly my entire life, right? Since I was born, just really sickly. So I've had to endure test after test, doctor after doctor, stress after stress, figure it out, get through it, uh, diagnosis after diagnosis as I'm getting older. And I'm the one that keep pushing. I'm the one, like, like words to Antoine Fisher, I'm still standing, I'm still strong. And so that's how I see life, right? I could deal with the pain. I could deal with the chaos because I have to, because I've been conditioned to, right? We don't think about the things that happen in our lives that condition us for, for what we got to go through later. And that's what I'm thinking about for my kids. But I learned through, through everything that I've been through, through the harsh breakups, through the family breakups, through losing friends and jobs, there's a, there is a form of masochism in me that I cannot break from. And for me, it seems to be hidden behind the idea of protection. And I know masochism is, is a, a, masochism is from the sex and kink world. This is not that type of podcast. So if you're looking for a deeper dive into that, that's on you. Masochism is a complex psychological concept that involves deriving pleasure or uh, satisfaction from experiencing physical or emotional pain, humiliation, or conditioning. Right? Conditioning is a story in itself. This can have a profound effect on your mental health when you unknowingly get comfortable in chaos and silence. It will affect your self-esteem and how you move through life in general, and you'll begin to feel as if you are not enough in any aspect of life, and you will start seeking comfort and pain. We don't realize that this is a thing. This is a multifaceted idea and the origins of it, like you can't really tell where masochism really uh, 
really started. But there's a psychiatrist, Richard Von Kraft Ebing. He coined this term after, after an Australian nobleman, uh, Leopold Von Sachar Massak. Apparently, oh boy, was on some freak shit back then. Like, it was erotica before uh, erotica was a thing, and it was bondage before it was a thing. But again, this is not a kink podcast. Look it up yourself. Um, there's a book out called uh, Leopold von Sachar, The First Masochist. There you go. Masochistic behavior is born in childhood, whether you want to believe it or not. Um, you can look it up, do your own research on it. This is disguised as discipline. I get it. We got to, what is the spirit of rod or whatever the case is, you know, you got to whoop your kids, you got to discipline your kids because they um, be out of control and they don't know. But the, the, I, the thing is, is that they don't know. And whooping them, not going to make them know. I'll never forget the conversation I had with my brother. And this was... Um, this was around the time that I started waking up myself and just, I just felt wrong with whipping my kids, right? And I remember my brother having a conversation with me in general. It had nothing to do with, with anything because me and my brother, when we do have conversations, we talk about any and everything. Like it, don't, like, it don't matter what it is. And I remember us having a conversation. He was like, yeah, man, I don't, I don't think I'm going to whip my kids. And... He's like, I just feel like, you know, when they start communicating and they can they can have a conversation with you and they understand your words and stuff like that, it's up to you as the adult um, to figure out how to communicate to them that they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, again, trauma. In my mind, I'm like, what? In my mind, I'm like, we got our ass beat for a very long time. And we're okay, right? Because that's what it, oh, we're okay. We didn't die, stuff like that. But then I'm like, dang, look where I am mentally. Because what happens is the, 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 long, the long-term effects of being physically disciplined are insane when you think about it. Because the person that's whooping you, hitting you, popping you, whatever, this is the person that's supposed to protect you. And if you grew up in an era where I grew up, if you grew up with parents that are from the country, yada, yada, whatever, you always get the, you always get a couple statements while you get your ass beat. One is stop crying before I give you something to cry for. Even as a kid, that seems like a dumb statement, but now that my mind is a little bit more mature, I started thinking about the flip side of that. All right, bet. In order for you to stop hitting me, I have to stop crying. I have to get tough. But the moment I get tough, the hits start to get harder. So now I'm unknowingly conditioning myself to accept the highest level of pain from the people I love and say that it's love. On top of that, when the disciplinarian calms down 
a lot of times they say, I had to do that because I love you. I had to do that because I don't want you out there and somebody else that don't know you, that don't love you, going to do that to you. It hurt me more than it hurts you. So not only are you forcing me to create resilience from abuse at the hands of someone I love, now you're gaslighting me to believe you're doing it because you love me. And it could be very well so, but without explanation, how am I supposed to know? Now I'm let off into the world. So now I'm in toxic relationships. I think that's okay. Now I'm in abusive relationships. I think that that's okay. Somebody is abusing my finances, my emotions, my hard work, and I think it's okay because at the end of the day, when everything comes down, you know, I love you, right? And my mind can't distinguish what real love is because I can't keep crying because you're going to give me something to cry for. So I can't tell you, hey, you hurting me. This hurt me. Because you're going to find something to hurt me more to make a point. Like, see, that wasn't even that bad. And so mentally, I'm stuck in this place of pain. I'm enjoying this pain now. I'm enjoying this chaos. And I don't know what good looks like because I'm addicted to pain. I am subconsciously addicted to this thing that is tearing me apart on the physical, but because everybody is okay with it, I gotta deal with it. I can't express myself and say that I'm hurt because if I say that I'm hurt, I'm soft. If I say that I'm hurt, I'm, I'm a punk, I'm extra. They tell you, I, I did this for your own good. I did it because I, like think about that for real. So now you go through life, nobody has explained to you why the whooping for real, no one explained to you what those sayings really mean. They just say those sentences and get out. Next time you do something, you get the same whooping, the same phrases, they get out. And I look at how that affects me personally. Again, this podcast is me expressing myself and me trying to help y'all. We stay in these toxic relationships because pain is love and we allow disrespect and jokes and count it as love. People will be disrespecting you. People you love will be disrespecting you in a group full of people going off. But it's jokes. Ah, you take everything so seriously. Ah, you should laugh. It was just jokes. Because the one thing that we know is that when people love you, the more pain they cause. The more they love you, the more pain they cause, right? At what point do we break this down in, in, and not compartmentalize this idea that pain is love? At what time do we explain this? And that's why I love my brother so much and, you know, the things that he say. Like, sometimes his delivery is, is very harsh, um... But because, but it's, but context, 
If my brother say something so direct and you would think he playing, and it's the, it is the craziest and funniest thing to me because people who don't know him be like, man, he's so mean, he's so arrogant. And I be laughing like, you should see how he talks to me. It's not about sugarcoating it. It's not about making you feel good. It's not about disrespect either. For him, it's about logic and being factual. And so when we had that conversation some years ago, like I never, like I never know when something me and my brother have discussed will come up and like, dang, that's crazy. That was 10 years ago we had this conversation. Matter of fact, 26, literally it was 10 years ago because Twin was, no, it was 19 years ago because I believe Twin was six or seven and he just turned 16. But it started, like, as they had the conversation last week, it started to make me think. Like, these subconscious addictions, they're created in childhood, and we have no idea. We have no idea. And I'm not, like, again, this podcast is not to blame nobody. I'm not blaming my parents, your parents, their parents. I'm blaming everybody. Because nobody wants to break the cycle. Everybody is too scared to look weak. Everybody is too scared to go against, you know, the generational ways of upbringing. And I just personally feel like, nah, we got, there has to be some level of communication and some level of understanding because our kids are going to be us. And yeah, we in the open acting like everything is good and everything is cool, but we know what's going on behind closed doors. I am just no longer scared to, to bring it to bring it up front. Parenting is very hard. Being a sibling is very hard. Being a, 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 a child is very hard. Being a cut is hard. Because everybody has different perceptions of what went on and stuff like that. I tell people all the time, I have two brothers that I was raised with and all of us see my mother and our father differently. And neither of us can force each other to see it their way. Because there was times I was with my parents by myself. There was times my brother was with my parents by himself. There was other times my other brother. Like, so what the behaviors, the actions, the words is different each time. So the feelings is going to be different. Even in friend groups, the feelings are going to be different. This idea that we needed whooping, we needed discipline. Trust me, I am not against that at all. We did need our ass beat probably. We did need to get stuff taken away from us, but we needed explanation. All those days of a kid need to stay in a kid place. Now we all fucked up and childish because we don't. Nobody taught us how to be an adult. Nobody taught us to, to accept accountability. No one taught us to be open with our kids and treat our kids like human beings and, and, and not like a dictatorship. Yeah, it's just certain things. You're going to do it because I said you're going to do it. But when it results to your feelings and, it revo uh, uh, and your emotions, what, what's going on? To this day, when my kid, when I have to discipline my kids, I explain to them the why. We'll have part of the punishment, and I got this from my brother because my brother is a lecturer, a, a lecturer, 
And when I tell you he will lecture you and have you fill in all kinds, like, you will want the whooping. And so when my kids do certain things to this day, we have a conversation. Hey, why do you think they're upset? Why? All right, cool. Do you think that that was the, my response was the right response to have? Like we go into why they why they've gotten something taken out. We go into why they can't go certain places because I don't want them to. I don't want to be the. I did this because I love you. I had to tell my son, my oldest son, because he was dating this girl. And when I tell you, it was horrible hearing my son beg for this girl to believe him about certain things and they arguing every day and stuff like that. And it hit me like, yo, you think that's okay because she resembles the actions of your mama. And because I never stood in and said it wasn't okay because the idea of you need your mama and she got to want to present herself better to you. You fucked up now. I showed him, I said, this is who your, your girlfriend reminds me of. And this is exactly how you look. I showed him a movie clip. Probably two days later, he broke up on her. Blocked her and all that. Sometimes you, you, you got to show him. Yo, this is what that looks like. And I apologize that I wasn't able to give you the proper example to deal with certain things, to, to understand what stuff is toxic, or understand that you are, or, or how to understand you are a good guy. And because you love, it don't make you weak. But what you're not going to do is tolerate this and let this level of pain and uh, anguish and arguments and all that, and you count it as love. Nah. The arguments you saw me and your mom have, there wasn't love. The stealing, it wasn't love. The abuse, it wasn't love, son. That's not what love looks like. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to see that. I'm sorry I wasn't strong enough to tell you that that wasn't love. I thought I was helping you. But now I'm doing everything that I can to make sure that he's aware because he about to leave. Now, I don't know how long it's I don't know how long it's going to take for me to reverse everything that he feels. And I'm not even going to know until he opens up like he's been opening up like they all been opening up for the past month. But pain is not love. And we don't like we like we need another nail in the coffin in mental health struggles. Masochism, again, it leads to depression, anxiety, self-esteem issues, and sometimes addiction. When you beat yourself so low, you always try to find something to get you out of it. You always try to, to erase the pain. And so you might drink, you might smoke, you might snort, you might uh, get addicted to porn, you might get addicted to... You, the addictions come. Because you're trying to, to you're, you're trying to get that pain away. You're trying to make it mean something. You're trying to make your life count for something. But you're so gone that you're willing to do anything. On top of that, right? 
On top of, of us having these subconscious addiction, when we are in the, when we finally get strength enough to start healing, embarrassment sets in. Shame sets in. Guilt sets in. When we start to gain our understanding of what's really going on, we start poking at the trauma enough and breaking it open and, and, and seeing what we tolerated, seeing what we allowed, seeing what we thought was okay. That embarrassment is unbearable. And sometimes it'll stop you in your tracks because it's like you finally see how people see you for real. And you steady, nah, it's love. We love each other. We in it for the for the long run. Nah, that's my dog. I like that's what? We in it, we in it for life. That's my day one. That's my homegirl. You know how much stuff we've been through. And when you start healing and, and opening up stuff, it's like, dang, nobody even told me, yo. Nobody even said nothing to me. And I'm out here rocking with these people. I'm out here feeling like everything is gravy and this how I looked and nobody said nothing. And that's where the jokes come in at. That's where the, you grown, you should you should have saw it. And again, it's not a blaming game, but when you don't know how to uh when you don't know how to look through the 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 pain and get out of it when you don't know how to swim through it properly you you're just gonna stay because to you it's love a lot of people go through this idea that abuse is only physical and i'm talking all across the board i'm not talking about women more than men or men more than women or whatever i'm saying all across the board people will say or did he hit you? Or did she hit you? If 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 that didn't happen, that's not abuse. If that didn't happen, you being a punk. If that didn't happen, you need to stay. Y'all need to figure it out. Ma'am, I am curled up in a ball seven days a week in the dark. That hurts more than me physically being hit. Man, I'm working, I'm working 120 hours every two every two weeks. And I only got a hundred bucks left. But I love this person so much, so I'm gonna give my all because the universe is gonna give it back to me, right? Get remember, I, I keep telling y'all, we talk, give, 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 give. It'll come back to you one day, and it never does. It never does. That's why I say often, um, I never expect the return. Uh, I never expect the equal return. Right? The thing that I'm helping you with, I don't expect that back because you 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 may not be able to be the person that it is for that. So it's like if I'm if you ask me for twenty dollars, you might not be the person that I could ask for $20 if I need it. 
you might be the person that, yo, I need to talk. And I, I need somebody that is going to be able to listen and not judge me. You might be that person. So I don't look for equal return in anything that I do, anything that I give, because I did that before my mind. Uh, I'm going to give it. You're going to give it back. I'm going to give it somehow, some way it's going to come back to me. And that never happened. And it created a high level of embarrassment for me and created hella insecurities like like for me. I've given my all in my last and and my three and my only three adult relationships. I've given my all and somehow, some way. I've got the bad end of the stick. And this is not in judgment of either the three of them more than it's an observation of myself and what it has done and the pain that I allowed in those situations. And then subsequently the guilt that I put on myself for accepting accountability that didn't belong to me. That's part of the addiction to pain. I feel guilty. You can't abuse me no more. Because if you're not abusing me, then your life is off because this is a constant for you to be able to talk down on me, to be able to tell me I'm not shit, to be able to get money from me, to be able to get me to do whatever you want. And I'm none the wiser because pain is love and it's going to get better and you're going to eventually see me for who I really am and we're going to work things out. And again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect. I'm very much. Well, I don't know now because I haven't been in a relationship for real, but with them, after a certain amount of time, I'm very much tit for tat. All right, let's everybody be hurt. Not let's break up, not let's talk it out. All right, now my feelings are hurt to a level that we just going to be arguing with each other for the rest of our life. That's just what it's going to be. But as I'm healing in this embarrassment, this is why it's hard for me to actively date or seek relationships. It's so difficult. Even new friendships is very hard for me to accept new people as friends, let alone relationships. It's difficult for me to allow people in my subconscious addiction to pain. It has had me stay in very abusive situations in the past, and that's physically, emotionally and financially. So I'm extremely insecure. I'm extremely insecure. I'm really scared that I'll fall back into this uh, masochistic way and overlook what's good for me out of the sake of love. But life is so fucking difficult when you are laying next to the infection and the remedy. And I fear for myself that I'm going to be so blinded because it's new. Um, it's it feels good that I'm not going to see the things that I, I, I saw in the aftermath of those relationships. Because, you know, how like when you break with somebody and you be like, oh, they crazy, they ugly, they this, they that. Right. They've been those things that you felt. You were just blinded by love. You were just blinded by your perception of what you thought real love was and what you thought 
a relationship should be and what it looked like. And you're looking at how other men tolerate attitude or social media says, you know, your man got to do this. Your man got to do this. Your woman got to do this. Your woman got to do that. And now you're like, all right, I'm listening to all that. And this is the mode that I have to go by. And if she don't do these certain things, then I got to stay. If he don't do these certain things, then I got to stay. And it's a cycle because again, we're trying to be relationship goals or we're looking at people talking about relationship goals. You don't know the demons they fight. Relationship goals and they in there beating the hell out of each other. They in there can't stand each other, sleeping in separate rooms, not even for the comfort because I do believe in having separate rooms. That's another story for another time, but not out of anger. They're in there eating separately. He cooking something for himself. She cooking something. And y'all talking about relationship goals. We all, we, we all look at this and we think that that's okay. We, not, we don't get to see the preparation. But we're in awe at the presentation. I could care less about the presentation if I'm being honest. I'd rather see the preparation that got you there. Because I want to be in the know. Like I told my kids, get me off the fucking pedestal. Don't put me up there. See my flaws. See, like, Because if you telling me you love me, you never seen my flaws. Is it real? Can I really love you if I don't know your flaws? I see your good. I see your tenacity. I see your hunger. I see all that. But if I can't see your flaws and I tell you I love you, it's a lie. I don't know you. When your back's against the wall, when pressure is at the door, you go in hiding. You're not showing me what you can do. You're not showing me if you can get out. You are depending on me to help you. I, I don't know you. You don't know me. We haven't been tested. And not tested by each other because I don't believe I'm not testing you. If I feel like I got to test you, understand, I'm just not going to talk to you. But if I got to trust you to be my remedy, I have to make sure that you're not the infection as well. And so I take my time. I know my insecurities. I know what I can and can't handle, but it took for me to beat myself up so I could open up to me. I, love is not pain. I don't want it. I don't want it. I know pain is inevitable. It's inevitable, but it shouldn't be a constant from people you love. You, it shouldn't be constant from things you love. I don't care. And so for me, I'm breaking this addiction to pain. I don't want it. Get away from me. Like to a certain extent, when it comes to healing, you have like, again, everything I talk about falls down to balance. Because even though I don't want that pain, there's a certain part of pain that is necessary for me to heal because I have to challenge it. 
those things that hurt me so much, I got to challenge those things. Those things that were painful to hear, painful to feel. I have to put myself through a gauntlet of pain and danger so that I can make sure that I'm not lying to myself. See, we, we, we fall on resilience and the idea that it makes us stronger, but at what cost does, like, at what cost? The world is not fair. I, I completely understand that. But everything should not, and it's not a fucking battle. It just shouldn't be. There are certain things that you should just wake, be able to wake up and go through because that's life. It shouldn't be no resistance there. It shouldn't be a back and forth with everything. There's just certain things that you should just be able to wake up, go through, and live. But this is where self-awareness comes in. And it's recognizing and addressing masochism within yourself. It's your responsibility to do so. We have to get out of this idea that we're, we were raised this way, especially for those of us who are grown and, and been able to stand alone, right? And not even grown, whatever. I don't want to even say it like that. For those of us who have been able to mentally stand alone, meaning we have searched for our understanding, respectfully um, are dealing with our trauma and trying to heal, like... You can't say that's how I was raised. You, you just can't. It's up to you to dilute any conditioning you experienced in your childhood that has negatively impacted your life. And the longer you wait to get help, the harder it gets. And I am saying that from experience because I'll be 41 next month. And I am still on this journey of poking at trauma and, and dealing with triggers from my childhood, from my from my experiences as a teen, from my experience in relationship. This is experiences that I've gone through. I want you guys to think think about this. A lot of older people, you be talking to them and they just be stuck. They're just mean or rude or whatever the case may be, or they're, you know, they complain a lot. And the saying is, I'm old and I'm set in my ways. As a kid, you're like, that's crazy. Like, what do you mean? Like, do you mean you old and you're gonna die soon? So what's the point? Uh, do you mean you're not willing to even think like like you don't you don't know what it means? And for me, I figured that out to a, to an extent. You waited too long to process your healing so you don't think you're valuable enough to be healed. And so you're willing to die on that hill of pain is love. You're willing to stand there because you don't want to go through the embarrassment at that age and you don't want to go through uh, that feeling of, of weakness at that age. You want that you you're you want that strength. But I want to let you know that that thing that you call strength is so fragile, and that's why every time it's poked at, it breaks a little. That's why you 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 snappy, and that's why you aggressive unnecessarily, because 
is poking at that. You know pain ain't love. You know that. You know you messed up. I don't want people to be set in their ways. I don't want it for myself. I don't want it for others. I choose to heal in the open, no matter how shameful it might look to my kids, to a partner, to myself. I deal with the embarrassment as it comes. And trust me, there's a lot of things that have come up in my fight to heal that I'm embarrassed about. And it hurts so bad. It hurts so, so bad. But I want to break this addiction to pain. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want any addiction. But I definitely don't want to be in silence in so much pain and being like, oh, this is love. I'm still working through it. I, I, I said before, um, healing is everlasting. No one is ever truly healed. What, the moment you think that you are healed then is the moment that the next thing opens up and show you that you're not. Some of the things that has helped me, you know, keep fighting is being self-aware. Trusting myself to be who I say I am and maintaining healthy vision of who I want to be. It takes a lot of ego death. It takes a lot of removing pride to heal. Because, again, I'm telling you from experience, you be breaking stuff down and you be going through this and that, and now you've grown. Now you, you, you can fight. Now you can defend. Now you can do all these things, and immediately your pride kicks in and you want to say something. You want to do something. I let it die. You got to understand that, that those things no longer have control over you. That that person, that thing, that drug, that relationship, it, it don't have control over you no more. It's okay. It once did, but you broke free from it. Who are you trying to be? You're trying to be who they say you are, or are you trying to be who you say you are? Another thing I advocate for is therapy. Being able to speak to someone who can give me a psychological understanding of what's going on, as opposed to someone who is going to hype me to tear shit up or unnecessarily tell me I'm overreacting when I'm indeed not reacting enough. It's important to have someone. This pod is also therapy to me because I get to get stuff off of my chest while healing, while helping people heal. I'm very cognizant of how I say things and who I, and, and who I talk about on this podcast, not out of fear because it's not about them. It's about accountability for myself. It's about how I feel. Meditation, fellas, because I, I know a lot of women who, who already meditate. Fellas, I'm telling you. Having that 15, 30 minutes, an hour, where you can just center yourself, it helps, fellas. Uh, please try it. Please. Um, I practice stress management. Technically, I don't, because for me, stress management is getting people to fuck away from me and me shutting down. That's all I got right now. 
I don't like taking my issues out on people. I don't like people taking their issues out on me. I know when my stress has reached its max and I know when it's time for me to get out of Dodge because I'm about to explode on somebody from stress and they don't got nothing to do with them. I'm not saying that isolation is healthy for everyone. I'm not even saying stay, uh, keeping silent is healthy for anyone. But for me, that is my stress management. So whatever, uh, whatever you can find, whether it's an activity that can take your mind away from it, um, food, cooking, like whatever it is, find something that you can um, reduce your stress like um, in, in real time. And another thing that has helped me through all this, I'll be rewarding myself for standing up to me, if, the, if that makes sense. What I mean by that is I'll experience something that normally, normally I would overlook or normally I would um, say it's cool or, oh, that's okay or something like that. And I don't overlook that shit no more. But in not overlooking it, I don't be on no thug type trying to be tough I just speak up in a healthy way, like, hey, I don't like that. Like, no. I don't allow others to put their pain and stress on me no more. Um, and I acknowledge when it's too much from A, chill. And when I see change, when I see I've uh, consistently handled something differently than I used to, I reward myself, whether, you know, it's me going to get some ice cream, me buying something for the kids, because that's a reward for me. I know that sounds weird, but seeing my kids smile is a reward. So those are a few things that, that help me process and get through um, everything that I'm going through. You know, just being able to be consistent in, in paying attention to, to what I'm going through and not taking it out on people. Um, in conclusion, we have to break loose from societal standards and generational ideals that put our, let me say it differently. We got to break loose from societal standards that pain is love, success, and growth. Though pain is necessary and it's inevitable, too much of it from the same person is oppression, not love. Stay true to yourself and remember we got to go through something to get somewhere. And I'm glad you were able to do that with me. Peace.